Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm yet to think of a cold open. And this is Unfeatured Articles. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. And you did not quite get me. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to Unfeatured Articles, the show with ever burgeoning uh, technical issues. Oh, yeah. Internet issues and host issues. My name's Curtis Lang, and uh, I'm joined as ever by my beautiful, gorgeous, sexy co-hosts, James Kehoe. Hello. And Hannah Flannery. Hi. And ladies and gentlemen, this week we have another guest for you. We have the magnificent Tully Grimley in the studio with us right now. Hello, hello, hello. Hey, how you doing, buddy? Doing pretty well. A little bit soggy. It's nice and wet outside. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the rains have fallen. Raindrops keep falling on my head, and I don't know the rest, the rest of the lyrics. words. <laughs> so, tell, tell us a bit about yourself. What do you what do you what do you do apart from your likes, your dislikes? What yeah. really turns, what makes you what turns tick. you on? Tully, what yeah. turns what you turns on? Turns me on. We'll yeah. need a new podcast for that one. Ooh. Um, so I'm a ooh, <laughs> bad reaction on that one. Um, I'm a, a Brisbane local um, mm-hmm. for the last five years, <laughs> and I am looking at. <laughs> Rubbed him in on the street. Yeah, we just yeah. found him on the street. He's just a yeah, guy. I was just walking to Seven Eleven and I came right. in to do a podcast. Oh, um, mate, you like podcasts? <laughs> you like sketch comedy? <laughs> Ooh, intriguing. Yeah. Um. Yep. Um. I'm looking towards being a teacher. I'm studying full time and not doing much else right now. Yeah. Well, this will hurt your prospects of becoming yeah. a teacher. If I've <laughs> will ever. it ever? Yeah. Um, no, Tully is of course uh, also part of the Good Time Boys. Um, you'll see him in many, um, particularly in our online sketches. Oh yeah. He's in a couple of those, particularly King of Beers. Yeah. Uh, he weaseled my way into that one. Yeah. <laughs> he was a ring in that day, and then he wound up with his Nailed own it. arc. Yeah. <laughs> He's got his own narrative arc in this. Yeah, like a, this. a brother who dies. Yeah. It's great. It's beautiful. It's fantastic. Um. Yeah. And yeah, you you act a bit, and we we Tully and I went to high school together. That's and, true. And uh, we've been friends for the better part of a decade. Ooh. And by the better part, I mean. All of it. Well, the whole decade. <laughs> yeah. We've been friends for a good decade. Part, though. Yeah. That the is whole the, decade has been the, the better part. Very yeah. good part. <laughs> it's been decade. a great part. So, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for uh, joining us, Tully. Uh, Thanks but for having we me. are going to get straight into the show today. Ladies and gentlemen, if, you, if this is your first time joining us, this is the show where we uh, source weird, wacky, intriguing, in depth, out of character articles on Wikipedia yes. and uh, bring them in and we talk about them. We rip them to bloody tethers. Oh, we do. But first, what we're going to do is we're going to play our opening oh, yes. game. Of course. Ooh. So, James, Hannah, Tully, I'm going to need you to jump onto Wikipedia. No, and I'm uh, I, I, What's I, Wikipedia? I, I, exactly. Yeah. I'd encourage everyone to play along at home if they want to. Oh, do it, do it, do it. Um, no, that's the Harry Potter Wikipedia. Uh, <laughs> that's not what, not what we're doing this week. I just wanted to know a bit more about Ariana Dumbledore. Ariana Dumbledore? Yeah, it's Dumbledore's oh, is this sister. The f- fan fiction you were reading? No. Okay, you didn't need to. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Tell I'm so that sorry to the world. Broadcast your shame. I'm so sorry. Oh, okay. 
Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, jump onto Wikipedia. Yes. And we're going to go to the random section and... Um, James, do you have a yeah, 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 do you yeah. have a do you have a, 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 a cards phrase? against humanity a wacky phrase? phrase? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this this week, uh, when we click that random article, we're going to be filling the phrase "Ah, blank, you've done it again." Uh, for example, uh, I'll do mine uh, right now. Uh, if the uh, so, for example, uh, ah, Amadula Afandi. You've done it again, and haven't they just? Yeah, yeah. haven't they just? How about you, Han? Ah, the pity of it all, a portrait of Jews in Germany, 1743 to 1933. You've done it again. You've done it once more. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Tully, uh, you got a random article for us? Ah, Miss World Riots, you've done it again. I bet they have. Yikes. I bet they bloody have. <laughs> and I've got, ah, the Simon and Garfunkel collection, 17 of their all-time greatest recordings. You've done it again. Yeah, Certainly. that's what I say. Every Saturday night as I get my bathtub and yep. just click on the CD. They do it, they yeah. do it again and again, and again 17 times. Let me tell you. He's got his eyes and he's ready to go. All right. Well, that, uh, that's been our first uh, our little, a little segment game. Um, yeah, cool. Thanks, James. Yeah, that's good. We, <laughs> need, a, we need a little... <laughs> yeah, a little uh, we need a name <laughs> for that. <laughs> yeah. A name for that, yeah. <laughs> anyway. um, well, we did have a name, but I've completely it forgotten was like, it. like... Oh, I've just it's I've lost it. It's and gone. that's it's a project gone. for next week. Exactly. Yeah. Um but shall we get straight into it, gang? Let's do it. James, you want to start us off? I do. Um starting off a bit uh lighthearted mm. this time. Uh I want to talk about ISIS. <laughs> oh yeah? <laughs> yeah? Oh, oh, sorry, sorry. Oh my god. Oh, so sorry. Uh, I want to talk about is is uh the double Ooh. copula. Uh, known as the reduplicative copula, double is or is is. It's, of course, uh, the usage of two successive copulae, you know, that is to say uh, is or uh, words of that kiln, uh, when only one is necessary. So it's largely uh, in spoken English. For example, so I might say, oh, my point is, is that, when in actual fact I only need to say my point is that. So that's a double copula, an is is. Um, so very, sim- very similar to, at its finest. <laughs> exactly. Very similar to my article last week, but that's all right. Uh, oh, you had your um, buffalo. Right, you're right. We love the English language here on this. It's pro- true. Program. Welcome back to our English language podcast. Oh yeah, English um, language. English <laughs> language. English. That's the name of the podcast. English dot language. This construction is. Uh, so if I said, you know, my point is, is that. This construction is accepted by many English speakers in everyday speech, though some listeners interpret it as stumbling or hesitation, and others as a, quote, really annoying language blunder. Uh, that's a quote. Who's, uh, that, who's attributed to that quote? That's, that's from the James. Huffington Post. Okay. <laughs> the Huffington Post in their... Um, Damn. Their, Biting what, news article. They had a list of grammar pet peeves. Hub, their, their readers would pick seven really annoying language blunders. Uh, they compiled a list... Uh, someone said the double double copula was uh, a quote really annoying language blunder. Some prescriptive guides do not accept this usage. Um, it's contraband. It's it's completely unacceptable. <laughs> Controversy. Uh huh. But do accept a circumstance where is appears twice in sequence when the subject happens to end with a copula. For example, what my point is is that. So in the latter sentence, uh, what my point is is a dependent clause and functions as the subject. So. What my point is, is that, um, so rather than my point is, is that, mm. it's like, what my point is, is that. 
I'd argue we'd, uh, we've only gotten funnier over the last I, two I, years. Yeah, this is this is <laughs> comedy. This is, this is comedy at its finest. We're really tapping into a into a linguist's market now. I know. Mm. This mm. on top of like had 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 had, I can feel like a little aneurysm forming in my brain. Yeah, and I'm gonna have is, a stroke. Is, had, I'm a tumor. Is, I'm a tumor. Is, is, is. I'm a tumor. I'm a tumor. I'm a tumor. <laughs> the double is. So this is the explanation. This is some theories regarding the double copula. Uh, Every time we say copula, I just think Francis Ford Coppola. I'm like, the godfather. (laughs) Yeah, 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 good films. Um, Some people are like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So the double is, is an intensifier. He just did it. Uh, The double is, is an intensifier. Oh, Oh, oh my goodness. You got to keep it. You got to, it's there. It's bloody, keep going. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, or as a way to find the rhythm of the sentence. Some commentators recommend against using it as a matter of style, not correctness of grammar, because some people just find it awkward. Yeah. It doesn't have that panache. It just, yeah, just it, it, it's sort of, it's awkward, it's stumbly. Uh, see also, you can also, there's also um, the zero copula, which is the omission of the copula, and the pro-drop languages such as Spanish, where subject pronouns are often dropped and kind of implied in their copulas. So that is, is, is. Tully. I'm glad. <laughs> Riveting, I'm, thank you. I'm, glad, I'm really thank glad Donny J. Trump is taking the fight straight to the double is, copula. Is. Yeah, is. oh yeah. It's it priority no, numero uno. uno. Just heard about ISIS. <laughs> Not good. Not good. <laughs> Yeesh. No. Uh, Ideal. Next. Tully Grimley. Tully Grimley. Our guest, yes. our magnificent guest. How about you? How about you? Wet, wet those pants with... Wet your pants. I'm, I'm wet your pants. pants. This is hazing. Oh, he's doing it. He's doing it. There's no way to prove that he hasn't because <laughs> no, this is an audio fun, oh, no, fun, it, fun story from 2010. Oh, um, yeah. oh, me and our other friend James Russell, we we tried to make Tully wet his pants at a sleepover. Oh, we, put, we put his hand. We put hand his hand in the water. <laughs> Tully's face just now. <laughs> I, mean, do we, I, I don't actually this. remember this. Oh, beans. Did he do it? Oh no, he didn't. No, no, he didn't do it. That's the point. Like, I don't think that's true. Bladder of Steel. Yeah, Bladder of Steel. Yeah. Dolly Grimley. Put that on your business Famous. card. Oh, so, I will. Mr. Bladder of Steel, Can do you have an article? Absolutely. Um, today, I'm going to be talking about the corrupted blood incident. Oh. 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 Yes, the corrupted blood incident was a virtual pandemic in the MMORPG World of Warcraft. Began September 13, 2005 and lasted an entire week. I fucking know about this. Cool. I know about this. Okay. This, is, this, is one of, this is one of the fucking coolest things that has ever happened All right. it's in very online cool. gaming. So uh, a little bit of backstory here. Yep. Um, World of Warcraft, obviously a massive online game. A lot of people playing all the time. Some people lose their entire lives to it. Um, in this case, a lot of lost, th- a lot of people lost their lives in it. Oh, no. And if you die in the game, you, you die, die in, in real, real life. life. I hate us. Sword Art Online is real life. Is an okay anime. Yeah, and that's my hot take. You said it. I'll die. That's the hill I'll die on. All right. Um, The epidemic began with the introduction of a new raid, Zulgarub, and its end boss, Hakar the Soul Flayer. There will be a test at the end. You've got to remember all of this. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm writing this down. (laughs) Name states. Uh, When confronted, Hakar would cast a hit point draining and highly contagious debuff spell called Corrupted Blood. This was intended to last only a couple of seconds and function only within that area, but it soon spread across the virtual world by way of an oversight that allowed pets and minions to take it out of its intended confines. So basically this, this debuff was supposed to happen just when you were fighting the Soul Flayer. Mm. And, In um, this one confined like dungeon. dungeon yeah. But if you and had then people's pets 
took it outside because they weren't properly quarantined. If you had like a, a little mini dragon. Depp. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Barnaby Joyce, you were right all along. Again. But yeah, if you had like a, a like a, a, a miniature pet thing that you can get in like these kind of games yeah. and they kind of just accompany you around. Yeah. Um, yeah, it could be infected with a thing. It wouldn't be a timed buff that it would just stay on. And then when you left the area and went out into the main world mm, mm. It, it would start to it would start to infect people, people. It's literally a so, plague it's yeah. amazing yeah exactly yeah, yeah. um so it could be passed passed on between nearby players and would kill characters of lower levels in just a few seconds so if you were an early level player you were done that's so um, funny higher level characters could keep themselves alive it just took a little bit of effort yeah and it would disappear as time passed or when the character died um but due to a programming error when people dismissed their pets, the pets would keep the debuff when they summoned again. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's so funny. So you put your horse away, you bring it back, and it infects you again. <laughs> um, it's fantastic. Very well thought out, oh, yeah, I think. Um, so non NPCs, so non-player characters, could contract the debuff, but they didn't show any symptoms, which meant that any character that was not an actual player just held on to this disease wow. and passed it on to everyone that that they came near. Oh my gosh. So any marketplace, yeah. any person just standing by giving quests, That's they hilarious. all just gave this thing away. That is so funny. Given quests and given STDs. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. Um, that's, that's the way it turned out. So at the time, uh, World of Warcraft had more than 2 million players around the world. And before they commented on the outbreak, there was a debate on whether it was intentional or a glitch. Um, a lot of people were saying how it was a fantastic world event, um, calling it the day the plague wiped out Ironforge. Um, an editor on the uh, WoW fan site described it as the first proper world event. Bet they wish they'd planned that now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Could have just taken credit for it. Though, yeah, exactly. Ha ha, we um, did we we did it. it all along. But after the incident began, Blizzard actually started getting calls from angry customers complaining about how they just died. Sure. Um, some people abandoned the game altogether until it was fixed and... There were, the hard resets were described as a very blunt ending. Um, yeah. So basically, by the end of this, they just cut it off. They said, no more. It's mm. not happening. Yeah. Um, the people who spread the disease out of malice were described by security focus editor Robert Lemos as the terrorists of World of Warcraft. That'll come in, uh, come in a bit later. Oh, boy. But um, essentially what's happened is throughout this, um, throughout this area, um, World of Warcraft started putting up signs, putting up notices for their players to get out of cities. Huh. Because there were bodies piled up in the streets. Um, they left quarantine notices and higher level players, dedicated players, would actually set themselves up to be quarantine officers. Oh, yeah. oh my gosh. Um, um, it, it, um, there's a picture you can find online of the main square of like the main town. Yeah, it's completely in, covered in Azeroth. In body, yeah, it's just there's bodies everywhere. That's so funny. Um, this event yeah. in later years has actually been used by scientists to s- track, like add to look at and go, yeah. that is a proper simulation of how disease, like huh. a massive disease outbreak this, could happen. This pulls us into yeah. model for epidemic research. Yeah. Cool. So in March, 2007, Randy Balliser, an epidemiologist um, from Ben Gurion University in Israel, um, published an article in uh, in the journal Epidemiology that described the similarities between this aus- outbreak and the outbreaks of SARS and avian in- influenza outbreaks. So it was actually very similar to bird flu. I mm. said bird flu before as a meme and now it's, like, it's, ah. it's, legit. it's a thing. <laughs> um, and uh, Dr. Ballas actually suggested that RPGs could serve as a platform for modelling these things. 
Um, in a follow-up article, they suggested that Second Life was another platform that they could try this out on. Mm. And they actually even reached out to Blizzard to try and get statistics on it, um, thinking they might, might be able to give them something. Sure. Um, unfortunately, Blizzard did not have any stats because it was a glitch and they hadn't sure. anticipated this response. <laughs> um, but it's described as a fascinating accidental case of modelling disease origins um, at the Games for Health conference in Baltimore. Um, what it's also been looked at is... The Charles Blair from the Center of Terrorism and Intelligence Studies said that World of Warcraft could provide a powerful new way to study how terrorist cells form and operate. Mm. This is regarding the people who would contract the disease, keep themselves alive, and go spread it deliberately. Yeah, far out. Um, And there was only there's only actually been one major argument against this, and that's Mm. that dying in World of Warcraft is seen as a nuisance at most. Sure. yeah, Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so that's that's the only reason it hasn't been used to model terrorism and um, and epidemics. Sure, I do remember in early World of Warcraft though, when you died. I don't know if it's still a thing because I haven't played the game in years. Mm. Sure, but I haven't. I moved on to the old Republic. Yeah, <laughs> I have no shame. No, absolutely. <laughs> um, you would have to when you died. You would your ghost would spawn at like yep. back at the spawn point, and then you would have to go find your body. That's right. Yeah, yeah. to resurrect yourself. Yep. But yeah. the bodies kept the disease for a minute after they died. Oh no! And so if you walked into the city to try and find your body, you may well just knock yourself out again. Yeah. That's so funny. Yep. Um, yeah. So that's the corrupted blood incident. I love one it. of the greatest digital plagues of all time. I <laughs> think. Uh, I think my phone vibrating just came through the microphones. I'm so sorry. Oh, well, no, never mind. <laughs> what phone? What phone? I don't own a phone. I, I never. I, I beam Wikipedia is. straight into my brain. Ah, yeah, yes. From the, got the Google Glass going. <laughs> yes, indeed. So, what do you see on your Google Glass this time, Hannah? Nice segue. King of Segway, yes. James Gay. Pew, pew, pew. Voice, voice, voice. Zane, we've been really low on the sound effects today, all right? <laughs> <laughs> I just remember about three or four episodes ago, you said you were in charge. I am not today (laughs) because there was a conversation had behind the screens about my use of the Golden Girls theme song. I don't know who who would have talked about that. Hannah, what's your article? Hate Beak. Hate Beak. Yeah. Hate Beak is a death metal band formed by Blake Harrison and Mark Sloan featuring Waldo, a grey parrot. Oh, I love this. Cool. So my article this week <laughs> is that's excellent. So it's a that's a it's really a good metal band with a, a parrot mascot. I almost no, don't want to know anymore. Not a mascot. Lead oh. singer. He's the singer. Oh. Yes. Hate Beak is the only band to have an avian vocalist. They never tour so as to not torture the bird. Wow. They released the num the album Number of the Beak on June 26, 2015, through Reptilian Records. Uh, the band's sound has been <laughs> described as, quote, a jackhammer being ground in a compactor. <laughs> ah, good. That's hey, exactly hey, the sound hey, I'm after. Yeah. Hey, Beak made its second record with Canius, a band whose lead singer with two dogs. <gasps> <laughs> um, I can't see that going wrong. Makes yeah, sense. Who's got, uh, the band has Blake Harrison, drums, Mark Sloan on the guitar and bass, and Waldo. Vocals. <laughs> um, What's Waldo going to pick up an instrument? Oh, lazy, yeah, busy. right. He's, lazy. So he's lazy. an artist. He's an artist. Um, it- oh my god! Oh, and he just yells. It's amazing. 
That's genius. I, I love that. It's I'm a very big fan um, of that. short article, but there's like a link to a interview from a site called um, The Black Table. And the article's title is Sweet Christ, How I Love Hate Peak, <laughs> Death Metal Band with the Parrot on Lead Vocals. Um, and it says, the band I speak of is punishing death metal, cable boasting, a human drummer, a human guitarist, a human bassist, and a fucking Congo African grey parrot <laughs> named Baldo as their mouth, mouthpiece. Aligned together, they are hate beak. It's very good. Incredible. That that's is, fantastic. That's my, that's my article. That is short band. and sweet and I love yeah. it. Yeah. Yes. I love the bird. And loud. I love Waldo. Curtis. Curtis. Yes. Do you have home. a article? I do. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the podcast within a podcast. Ooh. It's James Kehoe's Broken Links, hosted wow. by guest host Curtis Lane. All right. <laughs> Woo! Um, so, guys. Yeah, here we go. In my travels mm. across the internet. The web. Across the internet, I found a discovery. There is, was a man named Charles Morgan, okay? And Charles Morgan was a successful businessman who was the president of his own escrow agency, okay? Mm-hmm, sure. He was also a potential witness in a state land fraud case involving a known crime boss. On March 22nd, 1977, he left his Arizona home to drive two of his daughters to school. After dropping them off, Mm. he vanished. Three days later, he arrived back at his home. According to his wife, Ruth, he was missing a shoe, had a plastic handcuff around one ankle, and had his hands tied together with a pen and paper plastic zip tie. He been fucking. (laughs) Okay. So, so this guy, <laughs> he also wrote that a hallucinogenic drug had been plant, planted, painted on his throat. Painted? What? Oh, you can get those patches. Oh, yeah. sure. Um, for one week, Ruth nursed Chuck back to health by feeding him with an eyedropper. What? Why? Okay. All right. No, I'm going to take it back a little bit. Yeah. This is not on Wikipedia yeah. because it's on Unsolved Mysteries Wiki. Oh. Because, because. the Wikipedia page has been deleted twice. Oh. <gasps> This really is a broken yes, link. Yes, it's a broken fantastic. link episode. Oh, all right. Because there's there's not like enough inf- information. There's not enough citable information. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All of this is from first-hand accounts and that sort of thing, like which is why so. it's not on official Wikipedia. Okay, so right? guy disappears, comes guy back. Guy disappears, comes back, all right? Wife feeds him through eye eyedropper. Through eyedropper. I, I don't, yeah. Like, um, like uh, all I can yeah, think of is that chicken that... Had its head cut off and lived on for, no, for another. We'll six come months. back. We'll <laughs> come back to the eye drop. Sure, sure, sure. Because what I'm actually going to go, I'm going to switch over to morbidology. Ooh, okay. okay. Yep. And uh, which is so, which this is where I found the article. Sure. And then I went looking for Charles Morgan and couldn't found find couldn't find him. Found the history of the Wikipedia articles yeah. and then um, found Unsolved Mysteries Wiki. Went okay. Down the rabbit hole. Yeah. Thirty nine year old Charles Morgan it appeared as though he had lived a very unassuming life. Mm. He worked as the head of an escrow agency, right? Uh-huh. On March 22nd, 1977, Morgan disappeared without a trace. His family heard nothing from him until a couple of days later when he burst through the front door of the Tuxen home. He looked disheveled and had handcuffs hanging from each wrist as well as one set hanging from an ankle. As he silently rummaged through the house, he grabbed a pen and piece of paper and detailed a bizarre story. He wrote down that he was unable to speak because he had been kidnapped, tortured, and then had a hallucinogenic drug poured down his throat, oh. rendering him unable to speak. So it was poured. It wasn't painted. Okay. That is a bad wiki that was, yeah. mistake. Um, he eventually told Ruth that he managed to escape from his captors, who he referred to as them. Oh my gosh. Near Phoenix Sky Harbor Airport. 
Ruth urged Morgan to go to the police, but he refused, saying that he would sign the death warrant for his entire family if he did so. Oh, my gosh. When she pressed her husband for who was threatening him, he told her that the less I... That, and this is quotation. The less I knew, the less likelihood there would be of anyone hurting me or my children. So that's the wife saying that's that. That's the wife saying that. Okay, yep, yep, yep. Following the event, Morgan was steadily on edge. Okay? Uh-huh. Around two months later, Morgan disappeared again. Whoa. However, this time, he wouldn't be returning home, despite the fact that local police told Ruth that her husband was still alive. The morning of his disappearance, Ruth took the children to school while Morgan went to work. He'd been planning on attending a Masonic meeting that evening, so the Freemasons. Sure. Oh, so he's a oh, part of the Freemasons. This, this is, is in the 70s, right? Yeah. So The plot thickens. The plot thickens. So the Masons were like a bit of a... Yeah. More popular than they are today. Sure, sure. I still don't really know what the Masons, no, Freemasons right? are. Like, I think they're a secret organization, but everybody knows about them. Them. They're the least secret, secret. <laughs> yeah, yeah. they're yeah. a secret organization, but they're not very good at it. I've, I actually ran into somebody on the train wearing a Freemasons shirt, yeah. and oh. like I asked him about it, and he invited me to a meeting. <gasps> oh, that's how you die. Uh, in the late afternoon, he called his office from a downtown downtown payphone and said he would be arriving at the office in half an hour. He never showed up, and those who knew him best would never see him again. On the 18th of June, 1977, Morgan's body was discovered alongside his car on a dirt road in cells around 40 miles west of his home. There was a bullet wound to the back of his head. The bullet travelled all the way through and settled in between his teeth. Morgan was clad in a bulletproof vest and armed with a knife and a holster. He had been shot with his own uh, .357 calibre magnum, which was found nearby, completely devoid of any fingerprints. Inside his car, Prima County Sheriff's investigators found a cache of ammunition as well as several other weapons and several sets of handcuffs. Even more bizarre, one of his own teeth was discovered wrapped up in a tissue in his car as well as a pair of sunglasses that didn't belong to him. Oh, my God. Investigators found that his car had been modified so it could be unlocked from the fender. Pinned to his underwear, investigators found a map and directions of how to get to the place he was murdered. What? As well as a $2 bill. The $2 bill had seven Spanish names written on the front, as well as a Bible citation. This is so intricate. This is so... <laughs> 12, 1 to 8. Before Morgan's body was discovered, Ruth received an odd phone call from a woman who referred to herself as green eyes. She said to Ruth, Chuck is all right and everything will be all right, but before referring to the same Bible passage that was scrawled on the $2 bill found with Morgan. Oh, my God. The mysterious woman made herself known to police and told them that she had known Morgan and that she had seen him after he disappeared before his death. According to the woman, Morgan showed her a briefcase stocked with money that he said he was going to use to buy off a hitman who had been hired to kill him. Morgan had told her that there was a 90,000 contract out on his life that was escalating at the rate of five grand a day. Police were able to corroborate with the woman and Morgan and found some CCTV footage. They found out that at some time between his death, de- de- disappearance and death, Morgan had registered at a Southside hotel where he met with this woman several times. When Ruth was asked if she believed her husband had been having an extramarital affair, she denied it, saying, a woman knows when her husband has strayed and Chuck hasn't strayed in 19 years. Following Morgan's death, I'm getting to the end, I promise. Yeah. Following yeah. Morgan's death, his attorney, Ronald J. Newman, confirmed that Morgan had testified in a secret state investigation concerning Tucson's Banco International de Arizona and a former director, David Kelly. Attorney General Bruce Babbitt confirmed that they had been conducting an investigation for the banking department and confirmed Morgan had been called to testify about internal dealings at Banco and that he knew, that, uh, that he knew of but wasn't involved in. 
Shortly after Morgan's body was found, his impounded car was broken into while in police possession. Oh. His office was ransacked as well as several weeks later, two men claiming to be members of the SBI showed up at the family home and searched it. Hang on, claiming to be. Yeah. Despite the peculiarities surrounding his death, Morgan's death was ruled a suicide and the case was closed. Oh. Ooh. (laughs) How deep does this go? Because, like, that's the thing. is like the police were just like, oh, your husband's fine. We have found no evidence that anyone took part in the death but himself, stated the sheriff's department. Oh, my gosh. They're written on it. Ruth Morgan staunchly refuted his theory and contends he was murdered. I don't know if this will ever be solved, she said. I'd like to know why. I don't think we'll ever find out who killed him. Um, Over four decades have passed and the demise of of Charles Morgan is still as mysterious as ever. Understandably, the most popular theory is that he was working as a secret agent, which would make him a target for many unsavory characters. Another theory is that his escrow business was a ploy for money laundering, which went south. Um, Yeah, but like, so pretty much he was working, he was informing on a couple of shady business deals that were coming through his escrow agency Mm. to the police. And um, yeah, then he was... Obviously murdered. Like there Look, was so was, much at the he scene. He was wearing a bulletproof vest yeah. and shot in the back of the head. Yeah. Who kills themselves shoot right. in the <laughs> back of the head? That's that's a stretch. It's crazy. But can we just be a different podcast now? Can we be like this, <laughs> this can we just podcast? Do true crime, this podcast. Can we do serial but find? this? Yeah, please. Oh my god. What gosh. the hell happened to Charles Morgan? I don't know. He's like Someone, is get, any, is this, someone get Jason, uh, sorry, Jessica and Liz on the phone from Murder in the Land of Oz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They need to figure out what the Jason. fuck happened. Uh, Jason we, Terry. Uh, Jason Terry. This, this is in Tucson, Arizona. Famously the smallest Australian state. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Murder in the Land of Oz and, and Arizona. Arizona. <laughs> um, but Oz, like, Oz and Az, Az and Oz. Do we even know if this is real? You know what I'm saying? I've, I've it is real. Got, I've it is got real. a so this newspaper is... article up here, yeah. um, which is from... So this and is Reddit. A, morbidology.com is a <laughs> morbid curiosity um, and oddities like uh, blog. And they have cited like their things from newspapers and articles from the time. I've got mm. a summary from the Arizona Range News from yeah, Thursday, June 21st on 1990. Pretty much all the same information, but it includes even a phone number of who to call if you have any more information. Oh my gosh. Um, and a, a lovely photo of him. He seems oh, like yeah. an unassuming kind of man. Yeah, he's got, yeah, he's I got had a photo as well. Dad glasses. Yeah, he looks like my dad, but with more hair. Yeah. Ooh, Ooh. how deep does this go? <laughs> is, oh. is my dad Charles Morgan? <laughs> that is Get him on the phone. Is, Get him the on the body phone. was a double and like he's lived out his life. Is that why he moved to Sydney? Must be. Why oh. am I telling people that? Can we bleep that out? We'll bleep that out yeah, at the we'll end of the episode. That's okay. fine. Uh, but that'll do it for we'll we'll get back to this when when we solve the mystery in a future episode we'll yeah. get back to this but safe to say this is not the last we're going to be thinking about Charles Morgan no I'm going to be staying up all night yeah um that's it that's our yeah. four let's now I was thinking about this right uh-huh. we should all decide who we're voting for unanimously and then reveal it like so that it, we can't oh, be biased as yeah. to what's already been said. Okay. So it's not so it's like, like we oh, all write down winning. what our thing is uh, now. Okay. Or just send it to Zane. As we will send it to Zane. Yeah. Yep, 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 yep. Okay. Yeah, this is a good it. idea because. Was that the, um, the theme? Huh? Was that the. the um, countdown know. theme. It's a countdown theme. Bum, 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 bum. That sounded like the, the Pokemon thing. That, like everyone. Oh, hey. that's an article. Hey. What, that the Pokemon theme? No, no, no. There is a, there's a piece oh, of music. Oh, the um, Lavender Town. Lavender oh, Town yeah. Yep, 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 the yep, Lavender yep. Town theme. Uh, 
That is an article. That was All right. good. That's good <laughs> original content, don't steal. Yeah. <laughs> um, got a message, Zane. Message, Zane. So this is a good idea bum, until we bum, it bum, takes bum, a little bit and we need yeah. a riff. Oh, you know. Um, okay. Yeah. So wait, let's do an overview of the articles. So mine was ISIS. Sorry, sorry. Is, is. Is, is. is. It's Boo. the double copula. Boo. <laughs> it is, is. Mine was Hate Beak, the uh, death metal band featuring a parrot. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. I had uh, the Corrupted Blood Incident, one of the biggest digital plagues. And I had James Keogh's Broken Links, hosted by Curtis Lang, episode three, Charles Morgan. Yes. So have we sent in all of our uh, votes? I believe we have. We're tabulating so. the calculations at the I'm moment. I'm going to pass my microphone speak. over to Zane C. Webber now, <laughs> beloved ho- uh, father of the podcast and uh, That's Not Canon Productions. Zane, take it away. And the winner is... Of course, uh, the winner is... The Corrupted Blood Incident. Yeah. Very nice, very nice. Very good. Of course it is. That's very, very, very fair. Yes. Congratulations, Tully. Thank you Not all our guests, despite what happened in season one, not all our guests win. It's true. It's very true. All but one, it seems. All but one. No, 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 no. Lachlan won. He had mud. Lachlan won. Lachlan won with mud. Christopher didn't win. Chris didn't win. I think... Did who, who else have we had? Xander and Sophie. I don't think they won. No, no. Did Liz win? With Liz did win. Liz, yeah. No. Akina Akina penis? penis. I think. Excuse me. I know, might have taken it out. I know Drew didn't win. Drew didn't win. Uh, uh, Alex didn't win. Sam won. Just last listing our friends. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, this is a call out. <laughs> Twenty nineteen call out culture. Nobody wins on our podcast. Anyway. Uh, the, you have won, Tully. Hooray. Congratulations. You, you win nothing. Congratulations. You win nothing but the bragging rights, which there are also none. Yeah. <laughs> you win the right to plug anything you'd like to. Uh, it could be yours. could be anything. But oh, uh, Fantastic. When, when is this one coming out? This one's coming out um, April. Uh, Question mark. Mid-April, Ooh. probably. Okay, yeah, well, mid-April. mid-April. In that time, I have about five assessments due. So um, <laughs> if any of my lecturers are listening, Ooh, please yeah. pass me. Yeah. <laughs> Give that boy some He's sevens. got a 20 <laughs> foot with your name on it. Now just remember, yeah. Tully, please get degrees. Fours open doors. Fours open doors. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, doesn't mean you're any less of a teacher. <laughs> Except, Except it does. Except it does. Arguably. <laughs> yeah, as far as teachers go. Yeah. Um, that's You don't have anything else to plug? No, that's all for the moment. Very, very good. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Yeah. There was no reason we had Tolly on this episode. We just wanted to. <laughs> yeah, we just wanted Tolly. He's a good yeah, boy. He's a good boy. Um, you, If you wanted more of us, uh, Tolly or, or not, uh, we you can check out all the episodes on you know whatever you're listening to now with yeah, Spotify, Spotify, iTunes, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher. We're on all sorts of podcast Things. catches. And your Facebooks. And your, and your Facebooks and your social medias. Social issues. Um, we are all part of a sketch comedy group. I say this anytime we have a Good Time Boys member on, which is every guest episode. Just all of them. All of them. Um, so, yeah, catch us on YouTube and also on social medias. Uh, we will be... Them social medias. We'll be, we'll be oh, yeah. uh, hitting, hitting the stage around Brisbane yes. soon. I uh, need to plan a live gig. We'll figure it out. In the coming Riders months. Writers meeting on air? Writers huh? meeting on air? Yeah. Writers meeting on air? Well, that, yeah. That's, yeah, let's do it. Yeah. that's a podcast that's in my For mind. For another day. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. I'm Curtis and I'm teasing the Good Time Ooh. Boys podcast Ooh. now. <laughs> tease, 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 tease. Hashtag rate my bit. Hashtag rate my bit. Coming 2019. All right. Um, anything uh, else, guys? No, I don't think so. Uh, our theme song, obviously, Pugatorium Friends, Kevin McLeod. We are hosted lovingly by That's Not Canon Productions and Thanks, the Zane. Righteous Podcast Father, Zane C. Weber. Or go check out uh, Stumble Through. It is the new podcast uh, here on uh, That's Not Canon, uh, hosted by Paula. 
uh, whose last name I've unfortunately <laughs> forgotten. Hosted by Paula. Nice, righteous. Paula, Paula uh, Arujo. Yep, nailed you it. You nailed it. <laughs> I did nail it the well first done. time and yeah. I knew it as well. That's, anyway. the, that's the newest, uh, that's what Canon Productions uh, podcast, but you yep. can also catch the humor experiment, glass yes. of wine, yes. law and disorder, musicals taught me everything I know. Um, so yeah, check out any of those, as many of those as you want to. Do it. All of them or I'll find you. This is me threatening the listeners. All right, let's wrap this <laughs> and up. And who are you? I, my name is Curtis Lang. I'm Tully Grimley. I'm Hannah Flannery. I'm James Keogh. Until next time, browse responsibly. So we're going to hit the hit the dick clubs or I can't stop it. You can't, can't stop, stop dancing? It. Oh god. We should hit the dick clubs. That's hit the dick clubs. The dick great clubs. Dance plague of 2019. Yeah. Need new glasses or want a fresh new style? Warby Parker has you covered. Glasses start at just 95 bucks, including anti-reflective scratch-resistant prescription lenses that block 100% of UV rays. Every frame's designed in-house with a huge selection of styles for every face shape. And with Warby Parker's free home try-on program, you can order five pairs to try at home for free. Shipping is free both ways, too. Go to warbyparker.com slash covered to try five pairs of frames at home for free. warbyparker.com slash covered.